0: Trail and ultra runners, what is going on? What's happening? Welcome to another episode of the Coop Cast. As always, I am your host, Coach Jason Coop, and on this episode of the podcast, we have another CTS athlete spotlight, and this time it is with Kevin Mays and his coach Andy Jones Wilkins, more affectionately known as AJW. Like many athletes during the COVID nineteen pandemic, Kevin has had his season turned upside down with canceled races and uncertain plans. And I wanted to bring Kevin on the show today as an excellent example of how to design a personal project that is both physically and psychologically challenging as well as personally meaningful. Kevin took his train wreck season and made a pivot to attempt a fastest known time style event on a 51 mile triple out and back run of the Mammoth Cave Trail in Kentucky. And what I found interesting during the course of this conversation was that Kevin and his coach set up a race day orientation around this event, complete with aid stations, how he mentally approached the attempt, and kept coming back to the why surrounding the endeavor. I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did, and let's get right into it. Here's my conversation with CTS athlete Kevin Mays and his coach AJW. To, to, to start out with, everybody's got to know you guys' voices, and since Andy probably has the most distinctive voice, you get to go last. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kevin, why don't you introduce yourself really quick for the listeners? Sure. Uh, my name
1: is Kevin Mays, and I'm from Bowling Green, Kentucky. have been uh, running for about eight years, so kind of started late in life. I'm 56. Um, just uh, got hooked on trail running about three years ago, and then that It's like a gateway drug to
0: ultra running, and that's where I'm at today. And you have a beautiful southern draw. I love those Kentucky draws. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Andy, Andy, why don't you tell – the listeners are going to know you just because of being in the ultra scene, but quick intro, and more importantly, where are you because we're going to hear crickets in the background chirping every
2: so often. Hi, I'm I'm Andy Jones-Wilkins, and I've been running ultras since the – Early 90s, and I'm Kevin's coach with, uh, with Carmichael Training Systems. And I'm currently sitting uh, outside the back of the employee cafeteria at the Grand Teton National Park, Coulter Bay, and where I'm here uh, last few days of vacation with my family. And nobody is going to feel sorry for you yeah. because of that location. <laughs> um, but
0: you're there really specifically to get ready for a race that is happening this weekend. So the time by the time this podcast comes out, that race will be said and done. But you're going to do a race. It's your first race in the COVID era. B- before we get into the Mammoth Cave Railroad Bike and Hike FKT that, that, that Kevin ran, we're going to spend the majority of the time talking about that. Like, what are you going to be expecting for the race?
2: Well, I'm, I'm heading up to the Beaverhead 100K, which is uh, somewhat in my old stomping grounds. I used to live in Idaho, and it, this race takes place along the Idaho-Montana border on the Continental Divide. And uh, the, race, the race organization uh, about five, six weeks ago... Uh, got, got permission and, and made the decision to continue with the race. And it'll be my, my, my first race since February, which was before the, uh, the COVID-19 uh, crisis, if you will. And I'm expecting, um, you know, expecting the unexpected, I suppose. Um, it'll be interesting to have grab-and-go aid station supplies and, uh, and wear a mask going into aid stations, a uh, socially distant, um, opening uh, a pre race briefing out in the park uh, they 've done a great job uh, preparing for that and and i think uh, I think most of all it'll be very interesting to see how 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 the race ends up unfolding just as an event um, I know that i 've been uh, of the belief and I think you have too coop that uh ultra running ultra trail running in particular does have a does have social distancing kind of in its DNA. And I I'd be curious to see how this race um, uses that and um, and to experience it myself. Uh, they're doing a, quite a few health protocols, uh, taking temperatures, uh, things like things like that. that You've heard, of, you know, other other happening happening in other places. But um, I'm looking forward to it. And if nothing else, I'm I'm looking forward to another nice long day in the mountains with some like minded people because it's been a long time
0: yeah i'm of this i'm of the same mind i just want to kind of get back to it in a responsible way right obviously <laughs> but i think we're all kind of chomping at the bit all right well good luck this weekend have fun it is a strange time indeed um Look, and that's looks strange... like you got the right buff for it there aj oh yeah
2: <laughs> this is a, a a buff that kevin gave me a few months back i i think was it before or after the the bottle of whiskey it was right after. Right after, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I sense an inside story that uh, might, take, <laughs> <laughs> might take a few
0: hours to explain. Um, but, but you know, a lot of the weirdness in, in that's related to COVID is kind of, it's permeated both the race space and these this personal project space. And this is something that I want to talk to both of, you, both of you two about as coach and athlete. Kevin, you did a really cool personal project recently. And... I want to start out with to just to set the scene of the what the trail is itself, how it kind of popped up on your radar, and then we can kind of get into how you executed it as a as an athlete and then Andy how Andy helped you out as a coach. Okay. Well, uh I live about 20 minutes from Mammoth Cave National
1: Park, which is the largest cave system in the US. Uh, so it's a great place to go up and get to. We don't have a lot of good technical trails around my area, but Na- but Mammoth Caves has some. Uh, so I've been spending a considerable amount of time going up there. And When it came to the time frame of my training, when I needed to incorporate a 50-miler, and of course we know all the organized races have been canceled, um, I was kind of faced with a dilemma. What do I do? Do I just keep running regular endurance runs, or do I proceed? and? Uh, I decided, it kind of helped me determine what my why was, why I was in ultra running to begin with. So I thought, I'm just going to go ahead and do my own 50 mile, or can I do that? Can I set one up? Can I logistically plan it out? Can I physically and mentally handle doing that when there's nobody else around, no cheering people, no aid stations? Uh, And it came to me that that trail that I'd been running in Mammoth Cave would be the perfect one. It's a, it's a gravel kind of, uh, trail, but with some nice little hills in it. Uh, and it's a, it's about eight and a half miles out and back. So 17 mile loop. Uh, so I just set up doing
0: three of those to uh, get my 50 miler. And the way that this started out, it kinda, I, I get the impression that it kinda came about because of like a, like just a series of events. You had some things on the calendar. Mm-hmm. And they all got obliterated, just yeah. like everybody else's <laughs> things got obliterated. What did you have on the calendar previous to this that you were looking at doing?
1: Uh, I had a fifty-mile race set up, and I, I'm, I'm really I'm drawing a blank where that was. Um, you remember AJ? I don't, I don't remember where that was. Anyway, I had a fifty-mile set up for for May. I had a hundred K set up for uh, this month in uh, the Kettle Moran hundred K. Uh, all leading up to my a race which is a hundred mile yet the yeti hundred mile race in september Uh, so all like you said all those just got wiped off because of the virus Uh, so you just kind of we kind of had to get uh, get our imagination into gear and figure out how to compensate for that
0: and so this was very literally serving as like a cornerstone piece of your training. Yes. For a hundred mile or down the line. And Correct. That hundred mile or down the line is still, as of, wow, I always yeah. get dated when I record these podcasts and I release them like two, week, two weeks later. As of July 9th, yep. that is still on the calendar, still something that you're actively working towards. It is. Okay. So you have this out and back course that you've set up, the Mammoth Cave Railroad Bike and Hike Trail. Is there a locally? Easier way to say that is there like a like a local like oh it's just the railroad trail or something like that. Uh, right here we just call it the trail and the Mammoth Cave Trail. The trail, the trail. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we'll call it the trail. So you have you have this route picked out and it's out and back and out and back and out and back to equal fifty miles. Correct. Okay, you took a little bit of time earlier, but I want to go into a little bit more depth. Why this trail? Because you can do fifty mile or anywhere. Yeah. yeah. You can do it around your house. A lot of people are doing these quarantine backyard ultras four my right. loops around their house and things like that. What, what was it specifically about this that resonated with you that you wanted to do a 50 miler for?
1: Well, a couple of reasons. One it's my favorite trail. One of my favorite trails and very convenient to get to, but more importantly, it really approximates the type of trail that I'm going to be running my hundred miler on. It's the same type of material, basically the same type of elevation and, altitude changes. So I wanted to make sure that what I'm training on is going to be what I'm facing.
0: And Andy, I'm going to bring you in here for a second as, as Kevin's coach, when you're going through all of this back and forth of, okay, here's how we lay out the season, because you have this apex race, this hundred miler at the end of the year, and we're going to do a B and C leading up to it. A B and C kind of get wiped off. Take us through the process of putting in this 50-miler, like how you're viewing it as a coach.
2: Well, Kevin does love this trail, and I knew it's, it's like it's his home trail. And so uh, he, he had done, you know, many, many out and backs on it, and, uh, and I, I felt like it would fit. I, I think deeper background, he had had some disappointing results in the, in the fall, uh, early winter so another piece of the puzzle. Once the and I'm, I'm I'm not saying these were bad results, but they were definitely disappointing to Kevin himself, and he you know that that caused a lot of conversation between the two of us about nutrition, about injuries, about uh, hills, things like that. So when we when bef- even before COVID hit and we were mapping out the season, uh, I realized that that Kevin was going to definitely benefit from. "Quote unquote training races," and and we know not all athletes benefit from training races. Some of them overdo it in training races, and then their a races is, is ruined. I got the sense that that wasn't the case with Kevin. So the confidence that would go into a, a do-it-yourself fifty-miler once everything was shot down was actually a pretty short conversation, and and it was pre it was precluded. Kevin, correct me if I'm wrong. Was it was it four weeks before that you did? A double out and back? It was, yes. Yeah. So four weeks before the 50, he did a 30- four i think the record should show too it's technically a 51 miler he did cuz it's <laughs> 317 milers but but nonetheless uh that was huge for the confidence and uh and, and and as we get to the rest of the story we'll hear a little bit about how the how the third out and back came to be uh, on race day but but i felt as much as the physical benefit the the psychological and emotional benefit i didn't doubt the fact that he could do kind of the mind numbing same thing over over again. I I didn't, he's mature enough and, and, you know, goal oriented enough that that was not going to be an issue. But, uh, but you know, the distance, the nutrition, staying on top of things. I mean, we had had some nutrition challenges. So dialing in nutrition on the 34 miler was really important. And it, you know, it set the stage nicely for the 51 miler. So you, you guys were using
0: this in a multitude of different ways. First off is obviously like a, a, a physical piece of the training process, right? Just putting 50 mi- 51 miles. i got to keep correcting myself now because we're not giving you enough credit, Kevin, <laughs> by calling it a 50-mile and round, rounding down. It was a physical part of the training process. You're using it to like almost kind of like rebound from some disappointments, uh, yeah. according to Andy. Is that a cr- like a accurate a good way, way, to, put it. Good yeah. way to put it? Okay. And in addition to that, you're using it to – uh, like test case, your race day nutrition program. Mm-hmm. But it seems like, I don't want to paint the picture that this is like hastily put together, but you didn't like put it out five months down the road. Like you just kind of looked at it and said, yep, I'm capable of doing this. I don't have, I don't have to over-engineer the situation. I'm going to go out and do it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty much correct. It was kind of like the light bulb came on and said, there's my
0: route. There it is. Well, and I think the, the last piece that's worth mentioning is that it meant something to you. It was a trail yeah. that you run quite commonly, you easily identified with, and it's not just some random, you know, piece of trail or loop right. that you happen to cobble together because you had to do it. It's kind of my uh
1: version of Andy's Western States route. You know, he, <laughs> he knows that route intimately. I
0: know this one intimately. Okay. So since you know it so intimately, go ahead, Andy.
2: I I think it's worth saying, too, because of that knowledge there, one of the disappointing races uh, late last year was where we had we had made some assumptions about uh, what what the aid stations would be like and, and, and and where, you know, and, and some, some fueling and, and it turned out to not be true. So the beauty of this, of this 51 miler was the predictability of it. Uh, You know, Kevin knows the course, like the back of his hand, it could be out and back three times. He could get some, he could get some friends at least, you know, for the first couple loops to show up and, and provide some aid. So I think the predictability and the knowledge really helped uh so that he could just get out there and run
0: i love the fact that both of you keep using this vocabulary race and even the things associated with, with like with a race so you're using the word course as opposed to trail right because that's what we call we call it a race course not the trail you have aid stations did it very much feel like a race to you kevin It did. Uh, As as Andy said, I had set up where some friends would
1: meet me at the far out point of the loop to bring me some some food and some water and things. So it's kind of it felt like coming into an aid station when I'd
0: see them and then get that little extra boost of somebody, you know, cheering you on. Did you have like a race bib and, you know, a medical band that they would clip if you didn't make the cutoffs? Like how far, how far did all of these elements of a race actually go? <laughs> well, uh, I, ironically, yes, I did have a race bib. It was,
1: I, I'm also, I signed up for the, for Laz's great, you know, uh, virtual race across Tennessee. So i printed that bib out and had that. That's what started. That was my first race for that, that course. Um, but interestingly enough i did set up you know my pace splits and trying to maintain a semblance of what it would be like to be in a race with cutoffs uh it, it, you know all through this I'm, my my whole training goal is to hopefully one day be able to run western states and try to you know make sure at least meet the 30 hour cutoff if not the 24 and so, when I plan this out, I'm planning it like I'm trying to, to you know, use the same pace for a 100-miler. Mm, so, all throughout the run, I'm, you know, I'm checking my pace. Am I meeting the goal?
2: I would add too that that we talked through race day orientation. I, if I'm not mistaken, we established an actual start time. Yep. Right. So that we, yep. Kevin was going to start at a specific time, and and we designed that thinking of you know trying to minimize as much as we might get into darkness on the backside as 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 necessary. So I mean, we really were. I'm glad you picked up on that, Coop. You, we really were thinking of this as a race. I mean even the fact that Kevin was texting me at the end of each loop to tell me how it was going, you know? <laughs> and would you, would you normally do that in a race? Text your coach in the middle of it?
1: No, okay. uh, we
0: we'll
2: do it at the end. Not <laughs> no, the you know, probably, probably not that, but, uh, but he, but he also knew, he also knew that I was, you know, waiting to hear from him. <laughs> yeah, that's brilliant. Okay. So you've
0: got, you've got this, you've got this, uh, this race. I'm going to use that, that terminology as well. You've got this race set up for yourself. Describe the course because you've done it a lot, but I mm-hmm. want to get, I want to paint like a scene of the mind with the actual trail and the course itself. Like take, take me and the listeners like on that journey with you. Like, what does a trail look like? What are the features of it? How does it okay. all look and feel? Uh,
1: so where
0: I started
1: uh, and where I was able to park my car and begin, that's first, uh, first four miles is probably some of the hilliest of it. I mean, you start out going vertical. Now, granted, you know, the elevation here is not like it is out west, but it's some pretty good inclines. Uh, I don't know the grade percentages and all that, but so I'm I'm starting out literally doing my vertical climbs. Uh, It's a crushed stone trail uh, and as the name of it implies, it used to be an old railroad uh, line with some modifications to it. So I'm starting out, uh, the first four miles or so hitting a lot of inclines. Then it finally starts to level out at about mile five, uh, for a good, uh, another four miles it's, and then you start hitting some more inclines before you come out to the, to the finish. So it's got a,
0: it's got a fair number of, of climbing that you have to do out and back. And so you did that out and back and out and back and out and back a triple out and back for 51 miles, not 50. And after it was all said and done, do you officially have the triple out and back FKT for the (laughs) Mammoth Cave Railroad Bike and Hike Trail? Uh, Yes, Uh, you know, in an email exchange with you earlier, I
1: said, you know, giving me an FKT is a a generous uh, accomplishment because probably about 30 minutes after this podcast airs, someone's gonna beat it.
0: I'm sure. Well, that is the nature of FKTs, is you can kind of, like, make them however you want to. But as of today, you go on the fastestknowntime.com website, and you were there, humble Kevin Mays, with your triple out-and-back of this particular trail in Kentucky. My 15 minutes of fame. There, Why? Well, right, it's lasted more than 15 minutes, because you did this, <laughs> like, two or three weeks ago now. <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, like, I know you and Andy were trying to – put together something that was meaningful to you. So check the box there. It's a trail that you ran all the time. You wanted to put something together that had a significant, significant amount of distance on it. So 51 miles. And you went out there with a, like a race infrastructure, aid stations, proper start time and things like that. Were you pushing yourself like it was a race as well? I was, uh, for the first, uh, two
1: loops, I was pushing myself just like it would be a race. I was trying to, ch- I was checking my splits making sure I didn't spend more than a few minutes at each stop for an aid station and so forth. Now I'm I'm sure we're gonna get in a little bit more of the what happened between the, the second and third loop. That's where the, the wheels started to unravel a little bit. Um but it was a point it was a point where I finally realized I didn't need to push myself as hard as though this was a race. This was more of a personal accomplishment of being able to run the entire distance. So once I took that pressure off of me, it became much more uh, enjoyable. Okay, so you're push- I, I, I should David.
2: jump in. I got to jump in there because it, was really, it <laughs> was really at the end of the second out and back that it could have switched from being a race to just a training run. Kevin could have just gotten his car, gone home, called me up, said, you know, I called it good at 34 miles. Um, and he didn't. You know, and and it it was he gave himself permission to slow down a little bit. He gave himself permission to take a little bit longer at that that third, you know, essentially to begin the third out and back. You know, it was it turned out to be a really warm, humid day that was really weighing him down by that point uh, after 34 miles. So it gave him a chance to hit a reset button just like you would you would do in a race. Um, but it was very, very interesting for me as a coach, especially in the sort of post mortem to realize that that even though we had gone through this effort to uh you know to make sure he thought of it as a race up until that point, it still could have been like hey i 'm not getting any medal for this i 'm the only guy out here you know i dinner's waiting for me at home you know i can I can get get out of this and call it good." And he didn't do that. And, uh, and I think, oh, there are probably many reasons for that. But that's where it really felt a lot more like a race. And I think ultimately... You know, those first couple of miles for Kevin, I think starting loop three were tough. But, you know, but by the end, by the return, by miles 46 to 51 were pretty much at the same pace. He had been running that section, that final five mile section in the first two loops. So it was a good experience, I think, all around and making it have that race feel helped get him up the trail for that third loop. Okay, let's talk
0: about the third loop cuz both of yeah. you have alluded to this. So Kevin, before we get there, loop number 1, 17 miles, 17.6 miles. How'd you feel? Perfect. Perfect it was textbook. Everything's going. Okay, loop number 2. Come back to your little aid station. How's you feel?
1: Getting rough. Getting rough. Uh, okay. Yeah. The uh in my typical luck, all the weeks leading, all the days and weeks leading up to that day, we had had beautiful weather in Kentucky. I mean, mid-70s, no humidity, just perfect, like probably what it feels like in, in uh, Wyoming and Colorado. But as my luck would happen, that morning, a heat wave came in, and we went from having a high of in the mid-70s to the mid-90s. I mean, it got to 95. Uh, we had a 20 degree jump in our, in our, in our heat and the humidity. So, um, I, up towards the end of the second loop, I had, was becoming very dehydrated. Uh, in fact, I w- was starting to experience some signs of, of hypothermia and I, you know, the, I was not sweating anymore. I couldn't drink anything, couldn't pee, uh, was very dizzy, um, not so sure that I didn't even black out one time because I, I I lost some miles in there. I just didn't know where I was, um, and that's when I, I I thought, okay, this this fifty miler has just turned into a fifty k. Uh, that I was going to head back to the car and call it quits. So I pulled out my phone. I had about two miles left, and I texted Andy and I said, if there was ever a time you had an Andyism, this would be it. Give it to me, and uh, so he he was responsive, sent back a few encouragements. Uh, but the, 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 one that always, the one that, that got me was the, the suck it up buttercup. Yeah. You know, he just, he said, you gotta keep going cause you're gonna <laughs> regret not doing this. So I headed back to the car, took about 30 to 40 minutes to regroup, cool down, turn the air conditioner on me, taking some water, some food, Uh, just hit that reset button before heading out in that third
0: loop all right Andy take us through your point of view during that that point of the entire race you know Kevin's out there you know it's a hot day you know he's going to be suffering you get you know some messages after the end of the first loop everything's going to plan and then you get the I need some help what do you think? I, I was that
2: time? Uh, I, I was worried that we were back in the in the fall and winter some of the disappointing races. So, I I I tried I kind of tried to pull out all the stop. I mean, this was via text, but I I tried to pull out all the stops and then you know, just suck it up. Buttercup just kind of came out there. And I think if we ever get memorial shirts made for the FKT, that will be the motto, you know, <laughs> because it really did. It was the one that stuck with Kevin. And, and of course, since then, anytime something goes wrong with my running, he, uh, he tells me to suck it up buttercup also. So, uh, it's, it's kind of a, become a good little thing between us, but you know, I, I did say, I said, look, it's not a race, but you're going to be bummed out if you don't. If you don't finish this thing, I kind of, I, I sort of did, did that. I said, like, look, it's okay. You're not going to break whatever time goal you wanted to do. It's, it's okay that you might have to finish in the dark, you know, get yourself cooled down, you'll get into air conditioning, you know, and, and hit reset and, and get out there one more time. And so, um, and, and at that point he just, he just kind of got it done. And as I said, I think, uh, I think that the 30 minute break helped, but, but so too did getting the momentum again and and getting rolling and 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 frankly since then you know in the in the weeks subsequent to this uh, you know Kevin's training has been fantastic i i, I got to say a little a little more background information uh, Kevin had, Kevin teaches uh, spin, regularly spin classes uh, upwards to three times a week, pretty intensely. Uh, and so uh, pre COVID he was balancing his running training with spin classes. And when COVID came, a lot of the spin classes were were canceled. And and I was like, well, dude, let's throw in some more running. And yet, you know, we weren't sure how much more the the, the more running was going to impact. But I think it certainly helped. Um, I, you know. You know, obviously, I hope he gets to go back to the spin classes. They're really good. It's a great way for him to get, you know, a, a high-intensity workout without the impact. Um, but I have to believe that a little bit of the, of the fortunate aspect of that third loop going well was a little bit more running on Kevin's legs over the fir- previous six weeks that then, once the reset button was hit, hit he was ready to go. Kevin, in your
0: spin classes now, when it gets really hard, you just tell them to suck it up, Buttercup. Well, I I I have officially retired from spin classes, so I won't get a chance to tell them that.
1: But you got to go back just
0: to use that line. Come on now, (laughs) yeah. I do tell that to my running group. (laughs) There you go. There you go. You can use it there. It's always a good line. So this whole thing, this whole this this whole event that you've planned out, this fifty-one miler, is playing out just like a race. You have the highs. You have the lows, you come into an aid station and Andy virtually, when a lot of times he'd be there physically, get your butt out of the chair. And I think that that's a really cool element of it. So take us through the third lap. You get up, you decide that you're kind of like resolved to finish at this point. There is not going to be a DNF. If there is a, is there a finisher's medal at the end of this waiting for you <laughs> no <laughs> okay well you would still get that if there were a finisher's medal or a belt buckle or whatever but take everybody through the last lap after after this after this incredible pep talk by andy uh,
1: well i i had mentioned earlier that i had i had put the pressure on me to try to make a a, a pace goal and, and try to maintain that so when i came in after that second loop and realize that if I were running an actual 24-hour goal race, I wouldn't make it. I mean, it just I would, I would miss the cutoff. And so that was kind of a little bit demoralizing. But after I regrouped, I began to realize I've just taken that pressure off of me. And it did free me up to go back out because now I'm like, well hell I got what what else am I going to do? You know I, I know I'll wake up the next day feeling fine. So as Andy said, I would regret not having finished that race, that, that run. So after taking that pressure off, um, heading back out and, uh, and and by the way, some of the food I used was that, that uh, suggestion you, is it what is the um, shoot? It's the Irish potatoes and the, and the, the chips. Oh, just potato chips? Nah, potane or something. Oh, 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 polenta, 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 yes. So it was a polenta. I had had some polenta and chips to to regroup with. But so I headed back out. Wait, wait,
0: wait a minute. Hold on. You had the wherewithal in advance of all of this to have polenta of all things at your aid station. Yeah. Oh, I had everything. Okay. Let's go through everything. Cause I think this is pretty fun too. So let's paint this picture. You're doing this self-supported race. What what's in your aid station bin? So I had packaged up all
1: these things the night before and taken them to the people who were going to deliver them. But for like the, the first stop, I think I had, uh, I had avocado wraps, um, with bacon and, um, just some water and chips. Everything was chips. Uh, and then the second aid station, I had a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. There was all the, the candies, you know, I had Oreos, I had M and M's, I had the, the gummy bears, uh, and back in my car, I had the more heavy stuff like the polenta, uh, some boiled potatoes. Um, and of course, you know, around here you have to have fireball. So I had some of that there too.
0: That sounds horrible. I I think
2: it's important to keep in mind too. We were, you know, we're looking at long-term goal here, hundred-mile race. Yeah. Um, You know, nutrition has been a, you know, a a winding road for Kevin. So literally, when we talked before this and before the fifty k, I was like, hey, throw in the literally throw in the kitchen sink. You Have everything. Have every, see, what, see what looks good or seems good at the time. And if, if polenta is going to be the thing, then go for some polenta.
0: Yeah, just trying to train the gut, as you would say. I'm so glad that the polenta and chip story has made its way not only over to the States, <laughs> but over to the States in a way that an athlete can actually use it. So <laughs> I love it. All right. So, Kevin, let's let's wrap it up a little bit. What did you learn? I learned my why, to be quite honestly.
1: It, it, when, when I got back from that second loop and was debating was debating whether or not I was going to have to drop or, or what to do, and I took that pressure off of me of trying to maintain that pace, I began to realize it's not about the race. It's about what can I physically and mentally accomplish. And, and that's what became more important to me. Was there's a I, I want to see. That's why I got started in ultra running to begin with. I wanted to see what I could do, and and that has become ever more important as this pandemic has gone on and and more and more races have just dropped off the radar. It's no longer chasing after some swag or a medal or a buckle. Although you know I still want that Western States buckle, but it's it's more of can I do this, and and I that's my whole goal is I want to get out there and I want to accomplish that. Uh, I'm 56 years old, started running late. I want to be able to prove to myself, my family, my friends that, you know, that age has nothing to do with this. If you want to achieve 50 miles or a hundred miles, then put the work in and do it. And when COVID struck and people were faced with, oh, well, geez, why do I run anymore? It's like, you got to stay disciplined if you want to accomplish what you want to achieve.
0: Kevin, I think if we learn anything from COVID, if people take take away from this their meaningful, soulful connection with running and the way that you described it as your why, that's going to be a wholeheartedly positive outcome out of this whole pandemic. So I'm Mm -hmm. 100% with you there.
1: Yeah, if you'd asked me a few years ago to run a solo – 50K or 100K that's coming up here next, I would have said, why in the hell would I want to do
0: that? But now it's, now it's hey, why not? Let's do it. I love it. Andy, any last words of wisdom before we let you two go?
2: I, 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 I mean, I'm a, I'm a broken record when it comes to mental training, and, and Kevin did this on his own. But, uh, but you know, the, the grit he showed, you know, getting out of the car and doing that third loop, that, that, that's going to that's gonna pay dividends far beyond any, any race result. And I think for me, what I learned as a coach and, and even what I've you know, imparted on some of my other athletes over the last couple of months, uh, as people have become increasingly frustrated with the lack of races that are out there, is you know there's still a lot of things to learn, a lot of ways in which we can learn about ourselves in this sport, uh, independent of a race, even if we create our own race like, uh, like Kevin and I did. so um, that's, that's really what I learned the most, and, and you know it, it was a really good example of a of a coach-athlete relationship, I mean, yes, the texting, you know, during the event and the "suck it up, buttercup." You know, that's kind of the that's kind of the surface stuff. But I think the I think the way in which it, it played out, the, the 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 aspect of the training between a coach and an athlete that is about the the training program and putting in the miles and so forth. But but it's also about you know having the having a strong enough relationship that you can make something like this happen. I love it. What a great way to end.
0: Andy, thanks for coming on the podcast today. Kevin, thank you for coming on the podcast today. I bet some people are going to be inspired by this. And I, I do hope that uh, this uh, FKT that you set stands some course of time, you know, at least another day after we finish recording. Hopefully by the time we uh, uh, air this air, air this podcast, but good luck to you for the rest of the season as well. Thank you. I appreciate it. You know, it's uh, the stuff you're putting out there, Coop, is just pure
1: gold and I've, I'm eating it up every week. No, thank
2: Thanks you a lot, Coop. This was, this was a lot of fun. And there we
0: have it, folks. I always appreciate bringing athletes like Kevin on the podcast. And I know that athletes like Kevin, they're not going to get onto the cover of trail runner magazine or ultra running magazine or anything like that, but he can still serve as an inspiration to everybody. And What he was able to do on the Mammoth Cave Trail certainly inspired me. And that's why I wanted to bring his story out on the podcast with his coach, AJW, for everybody to listen to and to share. I hope everybody enjoyed this episode as much as I did. If you have any feedback for me, feel free to hit me up on social media. And if you think that one of our coaches like AJW or any one of our other fantastic coaches is the right coach to get your butt in gear for whatever goals you have planned for 2021, go ahead and hit me up on social media, or you can check out all of our coaching packages at trainright.com. That's it for today, folks. Appreciate the heck out of everybody listening. And as always, we will see you out on the trails.